So good to be back with you, man. I want to preach. I want to pray. I want to be in person. But uh, again, I, I just think for safety, uh, we need to, to make the right decision for our staff. And again, with the some of our staff that are impacted, it was just going to be difficult to make our, our worship service happen. So here we are virtual, and we are taking the Lord's Supper today. If you had, didn't already know that, I want to encourage you to go find, a, I use the phrase, elements. Um, if you can get bread, that's most of us have bread. Uh, grape juice would be great. If you don't have that, find, find something that you feel like is appropriate to have this time of Lord's Supper together. So I hate to have you getting up and leave right as I start my message, but uh, maybe I should have said this a moment ago, but go get something that you can celebrate the Lord's Supper here uh, as an individual, as a couple, as a family here in just a few moments. As you're preparing uh, to get that, maybe walking to the kitchen right now, I want to start with a reading. This is from John chapter 6. Now, this is a passage to me that is kind of related to the Lord's Supper, yet you will rarely hear it connected to the Lord's Supper. But uh, I, I think it gives us some real insight into the kind of faith that you and I place in the body and blood of Christ. I'm reading today from John chapter 6. If you've got a Bible there, or maybe you're using a Bible app on your phone, I encourage you to, to get to that. John chapter 6, and I've got a rather lengthy reading, so hold on, but I'm going to begin John chapter 6, and I'm going to begin in verse 26. It says, Jesus replied, I tell you the truth, you want to be with me because I fed you. Now let me stop right there. Long passage, and I hadn't even read the whole sentence. The context of this passage, because Jesus is going to say some difficult things here. The context of this passage is Jesus has already fed the 5,000. And now people are following around because I want to get fed. I want food. And so they're kind of driving this conversation to be about food. So as we continue to read, and as you hear Jesus say some kind of strange things, remember, they set the context, they drove the topic about food. And I want you to remember, while you and I tend to drive things toward the physical, Jesus often drives it to the spiritual. I think of, of when he told Nicodemus, hey, you've been physically born, but now you need to have a spiritual birth. I think about when he was combating the devil and he said, man does not live by bread alone, but by every word out of the mouth of God. Yes, we live by bread. We absolutely live by that in a physical sense. But Jesus talks much about the spiritual and our life and well-being there. So they have set a context for talking about bread in the physical realm, and Jesus is driving it to the spiritual. So let me start over. Jesus, I tell you, Jesus replied, I tell you the truth. You want to be with me because I fed you, not because you understood the miraculous signs, but don't be so concerned about perishable things like food. Spend your energy seeking the eternal life that the Son of Man can give you, for God the Father has given me the seal of his approval. They replied, we want to perform God's work too. What should we do? Jesus told them, this is the only work God wants from you. Believe in the one that he has sent. Boy, folks, that sentence right there is for you and me today. Here's God's will for your life. Here's the work 
that God wants you to do. Believe on the one he has sent. Believe on Jesus for the forgiveness of your sins, for eternal life. Believe on Jesus for that decision you're trying to make. Believe on Jesus for that work you're hurting through. Believe on Jesus for daily living. Hold on to that, for daily living. We're gonna, we're gonna hear more about daily living, I think. Uh, verse 30, they answered, show us miraculous signs if you want us to believe in you. What can you do? After all, our ancestors ate manna. See, they keep wanting food. They ate manna while they journeyed through the wilderness. The scriptures say Moses gave them bread from heaven to eat. Jesus said, I tell you the truth. Moses didn't give you bread from heaven. My father did. And now he offers you the true bread from heaven. The true bread of God is the one who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Sir, they said, give us this bread every day. Jesus replied, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry again. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. But is it just me or can you tell there's a spiritual flavor to what he's talking about? But you haven't believed in me, even though you've seen me. However, those the Father has given me will come to me and I will never reject them. For I have come down from heaven to do the will of God who sent me, not to do my own will, And this is the will of God, that I should not lose even one of all those he has given me, but that I should raise them up at the last day. For it is my Father's will that all who see his Son and believe in him should have eternal life. I will raise them up on the last day. Now, I just finished at verse 40. Let me go to verse 47. I tell you the truth. Anyone who believes has eternal life. Yes, I am the bread of life. Your ancestors ate manna in the wilderness, but they all died. Anyone who eats the bread from heaven, however, will never die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Anyone who eats this bread will live forever. And this bread which I will offer, which I will offer so the world may live, is my flesh. Then people began arguing with each other about what he meant. How can this man give us his flesh to eat, they asked. So Jesus said again, here's where it gets hard. I tell you the truth, unless you eat the flesh of the son of man and drink his blood, you cannot have eternal life within you. One more verse, verse 66. At this point, many of his disciples turned away and deserted him. Wow, okay, Uh, let's start with this. So there's only a few things that almost universally everybody believes is wrong and doesn't do. Now, did you catch what I just said there? They not only believe it's wrong, but they don't do it. Hey, there's a lot of things that universally we think is wrong, but well, like for instance, almost universally across cultures, people think it's wrong to lie, but almost universally we tell lies. Almost universally, we think that stealing and murder is wrong, but throughout all cultures, there's a whole lot of stealing and a lot of murder. But I'm talking about one thing that not only does everybody think it's wrong, nobody does it, and that is eat the flesh of other human beings. We just don't eat people. Now, I I know you're saying, well, what about cannibals or what about the criminally insane? Well, you know what, folks, you can add up all of the cannibalistic tribes, all of the criminally insane, and you're still talking about 99.994% of humanity just doesn't eat other people. 
through, throughout history, throughout cultures, a, across people groups, we don't eat people. So it's not surprising when Jesus says this, that a lot of people go, whoa, 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 what, 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 are, we, what are we doing here? What, what's happening here? And, you know, it doesn't surprise me that people are bothered by what Jesus said. Uh, it, it surprises me that Jesus doesn't do anything to correct that. Now, when I say it doesn't surprise me that people are bothered, we're not just talking about people. We're, we're talking about religious people. I mean, when Jesus is saying these words, he knows these people have been taught by him, by God, by, by the scriptures. Don't, not only don't eat people, as a matter of fact, do you know the Judeo-Christian faith said you don't eat blood? In the Old Testament, in Leviticus chapter 17, verse 10, it says, I will set my face against that person who eats blood and I will cut them off. And that's not just an Old Testament idea. As Jews in the New Testament, Jews following Jesus, now fellowshipping with, now a part of Gentiles, because remember, Jews don't think they've changed religions. Jesus was a Jew. Jesus is the Jewish Messiah. They're Jews. But all these Gentiles are following Jesus and they know all the Old Testament rules don't necessarily apply to them, but they're saying, hey, which ones apply? What, what rules do our new Gentile friends have to follow? And, and you know, all the church leaders got together and they discussed that. And in Acts chapter 15, verse 29, it says, abstain from what has been sacrificed to idols and from blood and from what has been strangled and from sexual immorality. Yeah, think of this, folks. When, when, when the Jews were wanting to communicate to Gentiles, hey, listen, we're, we're not going to put all of the Old Testament law on you, but you, you need to be sexually pure and you need to not eat, not drink blood. Okay, so you, you see Old and New Testament, Jew, Gentile, we don't eat blood. So it, it's not surprising that that when people are hearing all this, they know all this, that they're they're shocked by what Jesus says and and that they're walking away. As a matter of fact, chapter six, verse 66, and John said that at this point, many of his disciples began to leave him. You know, a lot of times when you and I hear the word disciple, we think of like the big 12, right? The 12 disciples. Actually, Jesus had hundreds of disciples, people who were following him from field to field, from town to town. They were wanting to get bread. They were wanting to get fed. A disciple was somebody who looked at a teacher, a rabbi, and said, you know, I think that guy, I think he has the key to life. I'm going to hang around this guy. I want to learn about life from him. And so people by the hundreds, even the thousands were following Jesus. But what did it say there? When he said, you need to eat my flesh and drink my blood if you want to go to heaven. Boy, at that place, they said, okay, you know what? I'm out of here. I'm not going to do this anymore. Okay, I get that. But why does Jesus just let him walk away? I mean, honestly, if I'm there with Jesus, I'm going, hey, Jesus, tell him this is an illustration. Hey, hey, Jesus, tell him you're just foreshadowing, you know, how your body and blood is going to be used to save us. But, but Jesus doesn't, doesn't correct the way they're thinking about this. Jesus, Jesus doesn't say, hey guys, come back. It was just an illustration. He, he lets them walk away. So are we about to take 
in the body and blood of Christ? Is this the real blood of Jesus, the real flesh of Jesus? Do you and I take this to be saved? That's what Jesus said. You know, there are some some Christian traditions that the predominant one would be Catholicism that do believe that somewhere between the store and the church altar that a miracle takes place. And And the word for that is transubstantiation. It means that that this bread and this juice or this wine literally turns into the body and the blood of Christ. I do not believe that. I don't believe the scriptures teach that. I don't believe that's what Jesus was saying here. For one, that would be to sacrifice Jesus over and over and over and over. Over and over, his body would be broken. His blood would be spilled. And the scripture is so clear that Jesus died once. He was sacrificed once for all sin. Only one time did that happen. And there's a host of other reasons, but that's not really my focus, so I won't I won't go into that. I'm just asking the simple question, do we do this to be saved? Do we do this to get into heaven? And, and the answer is no. I actually think instead of this passage being some mystical or weird teaching of Jesus, I think Jesus is being incredibly insightful, incredibly practical. You know, probably what gave me insight to this was fasting. I, I have twice in my life fasted for 40 days. I I really believe that God called me to do that. One of those 40-day time periods was when I, as as a pastor here at the Heights, but uh, I, I believe God called me to that, enabled and empowered me to do that. And one of the reasons I believe that is I think of all the times I've tried to fast for one day and, and didn't have a good fast, didn't make it. Uh, so to go 40 days, I, I knew that was something God enabled me to do. For 40 days, I had, I had not one thing to eat. I had one glass of grape juice in the morning. Don't ask me why grape juice. That's, I just did. One glass of grape juice in the morning and then water the rest of that time. And man, I tell you, the experiences I went through uh, were incredible. But again, this sermon's not about that. But but what I learned is how incredibly dependent, this is going to sound like I'm making a really obvious statement. It, it's not as obvious as you think. What I learned was how incredibly dependent upon food, how in love with food, how dependent upon food I really am. Boy, especially those first 20 to 25 days, I wanted to be around food all the time. I I didn't need it, but I made breakfast for my family. I think every single morning I I was a part of making dinner at night. I sat there with them. I just just wanted to be around food. Uh, And, and, you know, again, you learn, wow. and, And as you're doing without it, you begin to realize, man, food, food helps me cope. Food affects my mood. Food can make me happy. Food can make me strong. It gives me energy. And hey, listen, a lot of that is by God's design. He made this body to be fueled. And yes, even to feel good with food. You think, did you ever realize just how dependent upon food you were to be happy, to be strong, and to cope? 
Now, remember, the context is they're constantly talking about give us bread, give us bread, give us bread. And Jesus is trying to say, I'm the bread. I'm God's bread from heaven for you. Don't, don't Listen, don't trust in food. And he's not saying don't eat. But what he's saying is the way you trust in, the way you depend upon, the way you look to food for happiness, for strength, for the ability to cope, for life itself, look to me. Depend upon me. Eat me. Eat me for your happiness. In other words, depend upon me. Come to me. Look to me for that happiness. I am God's bread. I am the bread from heaven for you, for your happiness, for your well-being, for life and even life eternal. Let me be what you eat. You know, I know that So many of us, 90 plus percent of us watching this right now would say, man, I love Jesus and I trust Jesus. I depend upon Jesus. And not only would you and I say that, but I would say, and I want to do it even more and more. But when I think about Jesus' point here, I'll be honest with you. I actually think, man, do I love Jesus? Do I depend upon Jesus? Again, think about now how practical how accurate Jesus' illustration is here. Because I look to food every day, every day, all day, three times a day at least. And let's be honest, you and I, when we think about trusting in Jesus, you know, for a lot of us, a lot of time, trusting in Jesus is something we do in the big issues, in the big decisions, in the big problems, in the big hurts. We, I mean, matter of fact, we even say, well, I don't even want to bother God with this. This is so small. I, I think that's a very inaccurate way of thinking, but it's a very natural way of thinking. I, I can take care of all the little stuff, but folks, that's not how I eat. I, I don't eat just on the big days. To, I don't just eat at Thanksgiving. I don't just eat at birthdays and anniversaries. I don't just eat on a special day of the week. No, I eat every day all day. Well, folks, we should be trusting in Jesus on special occasions, big occasions. Jesus says, just like you go to food, just like you go to that bread, I want you to depend upon me for your life, your well-being, your happiness. Depend upon me like you do bread. Oh, do you see how practical what Jesus is trying to teach here? And it absolutely does foreshadow what we're celebrating here at the Lord's Supper because he's going to look to his body and blood, these symbols, the juice, the wine, the bread. He's going to look to these symbols as by my broken body, by my spilled blood, you have forgiveness of sins because your sins are forgiven. You have eternal life. You have righteousness with God. You're in a right relationship with God. And now God will be, God can be everything you need for daily living. Your strength, your health, your your ability to cope, your mood, your well-being. God can be everything. You know, in light of John chapter 6, in light of what we've just learned, let me read very familiar passage, just a couple of verses here at the Lord's table, but listen to him in light of what Jesus said. When he said, hey, hey, hey these are these are not just symbols. I, I am the bread of heaven. I, you're not depending upon this. You're depending upon me. You're depending upon me for your life, 
for your life eternal. You're depending upon me for forgiveness and for a right relationship with God. And you're depending upon me for that decision you need to make today and that hurt you went through yesterday. Depend on me. Listen now, Luke chapter 22, verse 19. It says, he took some bread and he gave thanks to God for it. Then he broke it in pieces and he gave to the disciples saying, this is my body. It's been given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. You see, as we take the physical bread, as we taste and chew the physical bread, we're reminded that physically his body was broken. Physically, his body was crushed. Why? So that you and I could have spiritual life, so that we could have a new spiritual body that will last forever, a new spiritual relationship with God that will last forever. Verse 20, after supper, he took another cup of wine and said, this cup is the new covenant between God and his people, an agreement confirmed with my blood, which is poured out as a sacrifice for you. So as we come today to the Lord's table, let me ask you a question. Have you trusted in Christ? I mean, I know it's gonna be very natural for all of us church folk, especially. Oh yes, of course I have. Really? Have you trusted in him like you trust in food? Do you, do you go to him every single day like you go to food? Is he your life and life eternal? You know, if your answer is no, I don't think I do, or no, I know I've never done anything like that, man, I would encourage you right now to really depend upon the body and blood of Christ and look to heaven and just cry out to Jesus, Jesus, would you save me? Jesus, would you cause me to be born again? Not a physical birth, but now a spiritual birth. God, would you, would you come into my life and help me to live for you and to walk with you? God, I pray you're my sustenance. You're my life. You're my well-being. Ask Jesus to save you. And you know what he will? Right here, right now, Romans 10, 13. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Call out to him right now. And I know that so many of us listening, we have called out to the Lord. We've been born again. We are a child of God. And as we come to this time of the of thinking and remembering about the broken body and the spilled blood, boy, it shouldn't it lead us to gratitude for the sins that have been forgiven in our life, the sins that have been forgiven just this past week? Shouldn't it lead us to New faith and commitment. Wow, Lord, you want me to trust you like, like I trust food? I don't know that I do that. Lord, I'm sorry. Help me, guide me. I really want to trust in you. Start, start thinking about the things that are coming in front of you just this week ahead. How much are you trusting in God for that? And let's just have a moment where we show God gratitude, we confess sins, and we commit a fresh faith. And not just in a general sense. I mean, we always went, hey, God, I want to have more faith. But when you say, hey, God, I want to have more faith, call out the three, four, five things that are on your heart for this week ahead. Big things and the small ones. Let's go ahead and take just a moment. Let me let you talk to the Lord right now. Oh Lord, hear our prayers. 
You know, as so many of you've heard me say, I, I don't know that we really have enough time in the Lord's Supper, virtual or in person, to really take the time that the scripture warns us we need to take to examine our lives and show that gratitude, give that confession, and commit afresh our faith. So I hope these few seconds that we took in prayer kind of maybe shape what you do throughout the rest of this day as we take this time to remember. So you heard what I just said there. Jesus, it says that Jesus took took the bread and he broke it. Oh, I always think of Isaiah 53 that says his body was broken for us. It was literally crushed for us. He broke it. He took the pieces and gave it to his disciples. And he said, take and eat. This is my body broken for you. And then Jesus took the cup and he said, this cup of wine, this cup of juice, this is, this is my blood. It's been poured out to you to seal a deal. You know, when you and I sign a contract, that ink makes everything in that contract now valid. God has a covenant. God has a relationship with you and for you. And it is the blood of Christ that signed the contract. You and I didn't sign it. You know what we do? We receive it. We receive the blessing of God's love and God's covenant. Jesus said, would you remember how much it cost? It was my blood that was poured out to seal this deal. Take and drink. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I pray these few moments we've had today to think about your body and blood from the scripture, to think about your blood, body and blood from the bread and the juice. I pray these few moments of remembrance will impact our gratitude, our confession. It will impact our commitment to faith. God, I pray that because we've gathered today and had this time, I pray this coming week is different. Our experience with you is different. Our experience with friends and enemies is different. May the love of Christ, may the power of Christ, may the body and blood of Christ literally fuel us for what we need to be and do this week. May the body and blood of Christ be our joy, be our peace, be our strength. May it be our life and our life eternal. Lord, may we depend upon you like we depend upon the meals we eat every single day. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Well, folks, thank you again so much for gathering this way. I'm, I'm sure sorry that it's not in person, but uh, I, I, I would trust that a lot of us do know people right now with COVID and, and this thing is serious and it's hitting our family hard. Please keep praying uh, for our staff, keep praying for our church family that has COVID, pray for healing. And uh, I, I pray that a lot of us are going to be past quarantining and being separate and, and are going to be healthy. And uh, I, you know, we'll take it a, a couple of days at a time here, but I'm sure hoping that by next week we can be gathering in person. I need to wrap up here, but I am so excited 
about September. I'm going to be doing a series on the gospel and uh, what that is, what it means, how we live it, and how it is our answer for everything going on in the world today. I'm really excited, but I want to start. I want to start preaching it. I've been out of the pulpit, you know, for four weeks. I got a lot of pent up here. Thank you guys so much uh, for joining us today. God bless. 